Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's the 93 WIBC Mashup. The best moments of the day on 93 WIBC. Tony Katz on the 93 WIBC Mashup. Before the, the Super Bowl, Joe Biden decided to speak to America. He is sitting in what looks like a theater. Like somehow they revived the set from Siskel and Ebert. I saw that as a as a post on X. I'm like, that's a good line. That's a good line right there. And what's he talking about? He's talking about the fact that the ice cream containers have gotten smaller. That's his whole conversation. You think I'm making this up? I couldn't. The Super Bowl Sunday. If you're anything like me, you like to be surrounded by a snack or two while watching the big game. You know, when buying snacks for the game, you might have noticed one thing. Sports drinks bottles are smaller. A bag of chips has fewer chips, but they're still charging it just as much. And as an ice cream lover, what makes me the most angry is that ice cream cartons have actually shrunk in size, but not in price. I've had enough of what they call shrinkflation. It's a ripoff. Some companies are trying to pull a fast one by shrinking the products little by little and hoping you won't notice. Give me a break. The American public is tired of being played for suckers. I'm calling on companies to put a stop to this. Let's make sure businesses do the right thing now. This is a video made by the White House. Lord only, somebody noted uh, how many cuts it had and different camera angles, because there's no way he did this in one take. It's Joe Biden. The man has no idea he made the video. Such an anti-business video. No conversation of inflation. No conversation of his economic policies. No conversation of his spending. It's that businesses are the enemy. The guy's a jerk. And the White House hates you, entrepreneurs. It hates you, business owners. How many more ways do you need to say it? Look, shrinkflation is real and it stinks. We have all noted that ice cream isn't the same size. A half gallon is no longer a half gallon. We have all noticed that a bag of chips has more air in it. We've all seen the price of eggs as well. Now, a dozen eggs is still a dozen eggs. But the price has gone up. I used to be able to buy 18 eggs for the price of a dozen eggs. That kind of thing. No, he doesn't talk about himself. He doesn't talk about his policies. He doesn't talk about what he's working on. It's just those terrible, wait, what's the term they use? Greedy businesses. First of all, there's no such thing as greed. I'm willing to have that conversation anywhere. Secondly, this is hate. It's just pure, unadulterated hate. That's what the White House has for you, business owners. He he hates you. They hate you. They will hurt you any chance they get because they have decided it doesn't matter what they do. You're guilty. You're the problem. These people are awful. 
Hear Tony Katz live, weekdays 6 to 9 and noon to 3 on 93 WIBC. It's Kendall and Casey on the 93 WIBC mashup. One of the real feel-good stories going on in Indiana politics and government right now is that Jamie Rittenauer, Mm -hmm. who is running for governor on the Republican side, got the signatures necessary to run for governor. Yes. Not only did she get the 4,500 signatures, she totally blew it out of the water, went way past it, and did it, as we said, with a budget of about eight cents. Yeah. (laughs) And we we had Jamie on the show several months ago, and she said, God told me to run. And we said, did God tell you how to get the signatures? And she said, I'll figure it out. (laughs) Grassroots, apparently. We said, well, we're going to be excited to see that, because that is a terribly expensive operation and she did it yep. and she joins us now jamie hello hello robin casey thanks for having me this morning so you were with us several months ago yes. and we were like who is this person actually micah had first said you've got to meet jamie rittenauer she's fabulous you came to life church you preached there yeah. then we had you on the show and we said okay god told you to run that's wonderful did he tell you how to get the signatures you said you were going to get them how did you get the signatures because you only raised like seventeen thousand dollars and yet you got something it was some amazing number like six thousand signatures this is the yes. just such a great story how did you do this so the people of indiana are amazing mm-hmm. we said we were going to do it we're not politicians we got it done the reason why it's easy is because indiana does not want politics anymore the people of indiana are looking for someone they can trust they're having these conversations in their dining rooms in their kitchens they're saying Every single decision politicians are making at this point in time in our lives, we are feeling in the moment. And so when you come to them and you say, I have no motive, but just to serve you, it inspires people. And when people are inspired, they will work and make sacrifice. My team is completely volunteer staff. We have one person that is actually paid And I am telling you, I saw grandmothers and grandfathers, moms and dads out in the cold. We had the little heat warmers in our gloves. Like we weren't Mm -hmm. playing around. Um, And it was an amazing experience. And so I do want to take this opportunity to just say to the Indiana Goodness team, thank you. And we are so excited for all of you that are going to join. You will love working together in the state of Indiana to get rid of the politics and do what is right by the people. You are the only non-professional politician. I mean, okay, Doden kind of isn't. But she's, uh, she's with Jamie's waving yeah. her hands back and forth. Come see, come see. I, I mean, but let's face it, you don't rise to being the head of the IDC, whether it's under Pence or Holcomb or whoever, without being uber connected. And you basically are a politician, whether you want to call yourself that or not. That position is every bit as powerful as being a, a state senator. You're you, I mean, let's face it, you are the most non-political person of the people running. You're the only kind of non-political person. How would I phrase it like that? Mm-hmm. You're the only non-political person running. Okay, yeah. And I think what's good for people to do, right, is listen to what people are saying and what people are doing. All it takes is look at the articles that are being written. Look at the questions that are being asked. They are telling you, yeah, I support the IEDC. Yes, I think your taxpayer dollars should go to the IEDC where they can go and purchase land. Like, we're conservatives, Where did that concept go? Right. We don't believe that the government should be using our taxes to do whatever they want with our money. And so I think that when you ask yourself a question, is this person a politician or not? You need to not just listen to what they say. Look at what they do. That is what we're doing right now. We're actually 
we're in a interview process for governor in the state of Indiana. And I encourage you to listen to what people are saying, but also watch what they do. All right, Jamie, you mentioned the interview process. And eventually, in any interview, somebody says, what skill set do you bring to the job? So we know if we're looking on a spectrum, someone like Mike Braun, who has been a senator and now is going to run for governor, he has the experience of politics. You, on the other hand, saying, hey, I don't have the experience of politics, and that's a good thing. But you have to bring something to the table. So what is it? I love the question. So I am a person that I've worked in corporate America. I'm a servant leader. What did you do? Yeah. So I was a mortgage uh, compliance manager. I worked for a mortgage broker in California. It was the second largest mortgage broker. Um, We had 1,500 loan officers. So it was my job to protect the broker's license. So I really like that. It's a great bridge for the people of the state of Indiana because it's my job to protect their interest. Um, I don't think that we should have people that are in office that are guiding and leading us that are um, of the mindset that we want our government to operate like a business. That is not what we want. We want the government to be there to serve the people, to have the best interests of the people in mind, and we want it to be as small as possible, right? That is why we encourage everyone to focus on freedom, because our freedoms are something that are infringed upon the larger our government gets. And so if you want to look at my resume, you are welcome to. I have been a leader all my life. I know how to lead. I know how to cast vision. And importantly, I know that you don't come to the table and say, I'm the person that has all the solutions. You come to the table and you say, I will get a person for every single area of the state that will bring you the solutions that you're asking for. My staff is heavily equipped. My lieutenant governor choice, Craig Blow, he served in the Army. He flew Blackhawks. He helped set up foreign governments. My head of education, Paige Miller, mom for liberty, 30 years experience, master in administration. We're already working on business. We're already working on veterans affairs. We're already working on health freedom. We are not playing around. We are here to serve you as leaders. We're going to come as the dream team for the state of Indiana, and you are going to get your government back. I like this lady. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Jamie Rittenauer is our guest. Uh, she got. I, I want to come back to this because obviously we want to know like your plans and what you want to do for state of Indiana. But what you did was so important because I have, Casey, I've talked about this a million mm-hmm. times about how rigged our electoral system is and the Republicans have totally done this and it's ironic John Rust is having his hearing in front of the Supreme Court today to try to break part of this you know I don't know is it monopoly or mafia or whatever word we want to use up stronghold yeah I mean on on the you have to vote in so many primaries but the other side of it is the signatures and we have talked for such a long time about how it's rigged that unless you're a professional politician congressman senator whatever or a super rich person and have the bank account to bankroll it but but you did this, and I th- so tell us about your your team that did this because everybody else, if indeed like down the road the signature law is allowed to stand and people got to keep doing this, they they need they need to know what the secret is so that regular people like you can run for public office. Like I almost want to vote for you, even though I didn't know anything about you. Just how you pulled off getting these signatures <laughs> with with so with so, with one paid person working for you. Well, it's a it's a good resume builder, right? I mean, it's incredible. We're, we're talking about the mm-hmm. difference in being conservative and yes. not conservative. So there you go. I proved to you that I could do that. Um, 
Yeah, so it takes a lot of organizing. Um, our team is very gifted, right? So the Bible talks about we boast in the Lord. I have the gift of administration leadership. Um, it just means that what we do, we do very well. And we're not overburdened by the details. So I think the key in any kind of leadership style is making sure that the people that you're leading enjoy what they're doing. And so what we do with our team is we look for people that are specifically gifted in gathering people and handling a whole lot of basically multitasking. And those people we put at the forefront. And then the people that are more about serving, which in other words, if you were to put them in a situation where there's a whole lot of detail, they would get overwhelmed. But they're the people that do want to be involved and will knock on doors and will talk to people. We let them be led by the front crew. And the front crew is really, like I said, it's those gatherers, those administrative people. And so we just took time to really ask people what they wanted to do to get to know people. Um, And when you get to know people and you get to know their talents and their giftings and their experiences, um, you can organize them in such a manner that they go and run quickly. And that's what they did. What have you learned through this process? I've learned a lot about government and how awful it is. Uh, I mean, what we all knew. (laughs) What you like different about it? Yeah. I mean, we all knew what it was like. But when you get into the nitty gritty and you're sitting there looking at signature forms and you're looking at congressional districts and you're looking at the the many signatures that you have to give from people that are already registered, the fact that you might have to do your own audits on that. I mean, there is so much that you have to do. They really hate regular people, don't they? The well, Republicans and then you hate have this regular question. people. Here's an interesting question. And then you have this question. Where do the signatures go? Right. Right. Like, does the Republican Party get all those signatures? Right. Did, did we just work our tails off? <laughs> And the Republican Party's <laughs> going to take all our say, and now they're going to send mailers out. Like, what is going on? So it's the red tape. We've learned about the red tape. You have to function in it before you can change it. And all, we right, did that. all right. Why don't we take a break? And then when we come back, we're going to we're going to ask you some enough fluff here. We've mm-hmm. been way too nice to you for a, a whole segment. We, we actually, our listeners actually want to know where you stand on some yeah. of these. But, but uh, look, I just, I just thought it was such a big deal yeah. that she got these signatures, and we talk about this all the time. Fantastic. But how rigged this thing is, and so I thought we got we almost had to give her a whole segment. Got to highlight it. It can be done because. They, I guarantee, can be dead. They, yeah. they are so mad, Jamie, that you pulled this <laughs> off. I guarantee there are people at the Republican Party headquarters who are just just beside themselves. Uh, Jamie Rittenauer, Jamie, J-A-M-I-E for ingov.com is the website. Uh, thank you and uh, keep posted. Catch Kendall and Casey live weekdays 9 to noon on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Tony Katz on the 93 WIBC Mashup. They're certainly scratching their head. They're fighting and dying for their freedom and their democracy. Uh, But let's be clear here. When we say this is aid, this is not charity. We're not giving this uh, as a charitable contribution to Ukraine. We're doing this because this is in America's national security interest. You know, they have a stable and prosperous Europe. Europe is our single largest economic trading partner. Uh, We have 100,000 troops in Europe. Europe is our largest security partner. And for less than 5% of our annual defense budget, we are securing Europe. We are protecting our troops. Ukraine is doing the fighting. They have destroyed over half of Russia's military. And oh, by the way, over half of this money actually goes directly to American workers and American businesses uh, who are building the weapons and equipment that we're sending to Ukraine. So this is actually a really good deal 
Uh, and, you know, the rest of the world and certainly a lot of Americans know this is a good deal. That's why we have to get it over the finish line. This is a very odd conversation from Congressman Jason Crow, a Democrat of Colorado, because he is making an argument about why it is in America's best interest to support Ukraine in their fight against Russia. And I've made this argument. Of course, it's in America's best interest. Of course, Russia should be held at bay. Of course, you don't want Russia on NATO's doorstep in Poland. You don't want these things. Let me say for the record, if you don't think that Russia is an expansionist power with expansionist ideals, I don't think you understand Vladimir Putin and how much this former KGB agent, never former, I should say, takes it personally that the Soviet Union fell. I'm sorry, I think Tucker's completely wrong. If he thinks that Russia is not an expansionist power, that's that's just not in any way, I, as far as I'm concerned, I, that doesn't comport with the reality. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. I'm glad he did the interview. We, now we can discuss the policy. We can have agreements and disagreements about the policy. The issue with, with Congressman Crow here is that he called it a good deal for America. That's awkward. Maybe, maybe, maybe you missed this part of it again. Let me, let me play Money it Money actually goes directly to American workers and American businesses uh, who are building the weapons and equipment that we're sending to Ukraine. So this is actually a really good deal. Uh, and, you know, the rest of the world. And That is a really ugly thing to say. This is a conversation about honesty, making sure that we have clarity, not necessarily one of agreement. We can disagree about something, but we at least have to be discussing what it is that we're talking about. Supporting Ukraine against Russia is not about thinking Ukraine is great. I don't think Vladimir Zelensky is great. I don't think the nation of Ukraine is great. I haven't thought about Ukraine until the last, you know, basically eight years. Ukraine has never come up in my head, I didn't realize how many people who were members of Congress themselves or had family members making money off of these countries like Ukraine. Holy cow, I missed out on a lot of loot. That's honesty. Trump making a phone call? Not an impeachable offense. Joe Biden absolutely positively, without question, trying to influence things for his kid and four dollars I think that happened, and I think this proves it. Um, I remember going over convincing our team, our others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to the press conference. Said, "No, nah, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. Sure. Sure. I think that that audio needs to get played all the time, maybe daily, as a reminder of what actually took place. In Ukraine, and who actually was involved in some very, very dirty activities. 
I have no illusions about Ukraine at all. I simply believe that it is better off that Russia is not allowed to advance because I have no belief that Russia plans on stopping. That's not who Putin is. He is a murderer, he is a thug, and he is a liar. These are the realities. You don't like the term thug? Pick another term. Go right ahead. Still factual. But it's good for us because we get to sell them the weapons? That's what Congressman Crow just said there. Oh, by the way, over half of this money actually goes directly to American workers and American businesses uh, who are building the weapons and equipment that we're sending to Ukraine. So this is actually a really good deal. It's a good deal that we send these weapons because our people are getting paid. The spending is not a good deal. We don't know necessarily where the money has gone. No one can keep track of anything. To say that it's a good deal is just, is to, is to miss the forest for the trees. As, as we often discuss, the left always overplays their hand. And they did it again on MSNBC. Morning Joe, which used to be the intellectual show. By the way, I had people last week uh, commenting about Noah Rothman um, uh, being uh, very, very uh, respectful because I was not of Morning Joe because Noah used to be on, on that show before they went nuts. Noah used to be on, on, on that show as a, as a contributor. And now they have Molly Jong Fast to, uh, that's her name, Molly Jong Fast, J-O-N-G-F-A-S-T. That's her last name. And, uh, oh, a progressive's progressive. And if, if you don't want Noah and you want her, well, you're, you're telling us something. And so he was at least, you know, um, uh, respectful of, of, of Joe and Mika. And some people are like, is he crazy? Dude, he's a decent cat. He's just a decent person. Leave him be. Uh, but this was uh, Morning Joe, Molly Jong Fast, talking about Robert Hur, the special counsel who looked into Joe Biden and the classified documents where he was holding the classified documents, willfully had the classified documents, and said, I'm not going to charge him because he's an, an elderly man with a poor memory. He couldn't remember this. He doesn't remember when he was vice president. He, he, uh, he, he could not remember within years when his, his son, Beau, died. Oh, and Jill Biden's all upset about it. But I'm not gonna, I, I already discussed that. I'm not going to listen to her uh, even pretend to hold some level of righteousness on this subject. I want you to hear what Molly Junkfast had to say. Um, so I think that's a really interesting point that I hadn't heard. And I do agree that it is important to, like, norms are important, right? The reason we're so far along here is because norms have not been followed. I would say yeah. I don't think that her is a good faith actor. And I think that no. 345 pages of that show that. I mean, he's not a neurologist, right? If you want to weigh in on legal <laughs> things, that's fine. But, you know, the idea, and again, to fault someone for saying they don't remember during a deposition, when we've seen people like Dr. Anthony Fauci say that hundreds of times during a deposition, that's what you're supposed to say if you don't remember because you don't want to be wrong let's be clear about something here this is not an argument this is a defense for your political ambitions you do not have to be a neurologist to notice that grandpa isn't okay noticing that grandpa is not okay is why you take him to a neurologist. What a ridiculous garbage commentary from Molly Jong Fast. This is pseudo intellectualism, except it's worse. This is clear 
Pravda. This is clear narrative seeking. None of this makes sense. Shame on Robert Her, last name H U R Her, the special counsel, for noticing that Joe Biden was slow and didn't remember things. You don't have to be a neurologist to notice that stuff. People notice those things. They notice when grandpa has slipped, when he's missing a step. They notice when grandma can't figure out how to make the recipe for the cookies she's always made for five decades. They notice and they say, hey, maybe we should get this checked out. Hear Tony Katz live weekdays 6 to 9 and noon to 3 on 93 WIPC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel on the 93 WIPC Mashup. Uh, we had a shooting take place at Joel Osteen's church in Houston. This yeah, was uh, it's, it's awful. a bad, bad story. And the individual walked into Joel Osteen's Lakewood, Texas church. It's a mega church. It's a huge, gigantic church. I think it's where the Rockets used to play. Uh, the Summit, I think is what it was called back in the day. And now it's this big Lakewood church. Uh, pulled out a gun, opened fire. The shooter has been identified as Janess Moreno. Now, I'm going to say this individual's name. We normally don't because there's a little bit more to this. Jeanette Moreno uh, identifies as Jeffrey. So trans. Right. And had a free Palestine sticker on the weapon, according to reports coming out of TV affiliates in Houston. So there's a lot going on here, Nige. But Well, there was a five to seven year old child with this trans shooter as well that got injured during the shooting. We don't know if the, the, the trans person did the sh- hurt this child or it was kind of taking fire from the, the cops, the off-duty cops who ultimately put this person down. And really, the only person that, that died so far is the, the shooter. Right. And if you go down the list here, if these reports from KHOU-TV in Houston are correct... Jeremy Rogalski is the reporter, and I want to say he used to work in Indy. I could be wrong. I remember that name, yeah. Um, if this is true, go down the list here. Colorado Springs shooter, non-binary. Nashville shooter, trans. Aberdeen shooter, trans. Denver school shooter, trans. Iowa school shooter, trans, gender fluid. And the Lakewood Church, trans. Like, this is not a coincidence here. What is going on with the chemicals that are being put into these people's bodies, with the chemicals that are affecting people's brains? I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm some sort of psychologist or doctor, but that list that we just rolled out right there, that's not a coincidence. This is some real serious stuff going on, and it warrants national conversations. Here is uh, Joel Osteen responding to the shooting. Thank Chief and Mayor and Chief Pinion, all of the, these men and women did an amazing job. And it's just, you, you said it, Chief, it could have been a lot worse. Of course, we're devastated. I mean, this we've been here 65 years and have somebody shooting in your church. But, you know, we don't understand why these things happen, but we know God's in control. And 
going to pray for that little five-year-old boy and pray for the lady that was deceased, her family and all, and, and the other gentlemen. But I don't know. It's just um, kind of in a fog. But, you know, just believe that, you know, we're, we're going to stay strong. We're going to continue to move forward. And there are forces of evil, but the, the forces that are for us, the forces of God are stronger than that. So we're going to keep going strong and just, uh, you know, doing what God's called us to do, lift people up and give hope to the world. Yeah, a lot of people give Joel Osteen a, a, a bad rap because he's uh, this huge, uh, the the leader of this gigantic church, and he's worth a lot of money. Writes a bunch of books. He's you know lives in a mansion, things like that. But I, I I never had a problem with him. He's a posit one of those positive preachers. He doesn't preach brimstone and fire. Um, so he was saying all the right things there, and yeah, I, I feel sorry for anybody. <laughs> I mean, I don't, but I do. Like somebody watch into a, a church in Texas with a gun. You're going to get put down immediately. Right. You're allowed to carry guns at church. Right. Texans like guns. (laughs) They do. And they like their family. And they they really defend themselves well in the Lone Star State. And And look. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Even in even in places, I've been to some really big churches here in in Indiana, in Central Indy, like College Park and Traders Point. I mean, there's a definite police presence at these places of worship, and they make it known. And I think there's also plainclothes um, protection in these places as well. So if anything goes down, there is protection. And for those you know anti-gun folks who are getting ready to jump to social media and say, it's the guns, it's the guns, this person was not legally allowed to carry a gun. Mm, what do you know? Prior arrest for assault, forgery, marijuana possession, theft, evading, and unlawful carrying of a weapon. So this was somebody that was not allowed to carry a firearm by the law, but it's almost like criminals don't pay attention to the mm. law. It's weird. Get ready for the story to disappear completely. Hammer and Nigel are live every weekday afternoon, 3 to 7, on 93 WIBC. The Tony Kennett Cast on the 93 WIBC Mashup. Trump had a really rough rally over the weekend. Or Trump said some stupid things. Uh, and I don't mean that the core of what Trump might have been trying to get to. I don't know. You don't know. No one knows what's going on inside Trump's head. But Trump, Trump said some weird things. One of the things that Trump said that was weird was that NATO needed to start paying their fair share. And if they didn't, Trump wouldn't really do anything if Russia started to threaten them. Now, the core of Trump's point might have been, might have been, that uh, NATO countries need to pay their fair share. We shouldn't be the only country footing the NATO bill as we currently are, honestly, and in a mostly standpoint. The United States foots the vast majority of the NATO defense bill. Uh, probably not a great idea to suggest that that Russia is is looming, you know, if they don't pay their fair share. But none of that matters. And it kills progressives that none of that matters because voters in the country right now are like, yeah, well, Trump says crazy stuff. And then he gets into office and the people that end up making the actual decisions, um, they end up leaving the economy pretty good. I got money in my pocket and food on the table. And then when Biden's in office, um, he can't speak. And uh, also our our troops get killed. We're in a lot of wars and and conflicts. And um, 
Prices at the supermarket are very expensive because of, you know, the several, I think it was over five, six trillion dollars worth of inflation since COVID. And Trump is responsible for a little bit of that inflation. But I will remind everyone there's also this lovely border crisis we're dealing with. So Democrats genuinely cannot shake this mess. And it is it's it's riling them beyond all belief because Trump can now get up at a rally and say some smart stuff, stupid stuff, crazy stuff, whatever. And it doesn't matter. Because Biden is the president of the United States. And just like in 2020, when it was flipped and that Biden could kind of say whatever he wanted, but his official campaign would just come out and say that he's good for the country and it's good to be back. And the election was a referendum on Trump. Now the referendum's on Joe Biden. The the guy with the 37 percent approval rating that is currently in action. By the way, they haven't taken any or at least I should say there are not yet any polls released since the uh, disastrous Biden presser. I cannot wait to see what those are because, oh, good heavens, help us. It is going to be an incredible election year because not only do we have the presidential election, we have the congressional election. And this entire mess has caused Democrats endless heartburn. It will take far more Pepto-Bismol than there is in the world to solve in order to get congressional elections looking remotely good for Democrats. Get the Tony Kinnett cast live weeknights at 7 on 93 WIBC. Thanks for listening. Get caught back up again tomorrow with the 93 WIPC mashup.